fellow New Yorker. I don't really get to say that when talking to people in CHH because there's not there's not many. Um, right, right, right. So I, I get you a little bit. I get you. I'm in Staten Island, but man, uh, it's it's good to talk to you. Your your projects and your rollout and everything has been super dope. But I want to open up and first ask you about all of the the food references on your project. Sure. Uh, because as as a as a man who is into the culinary arts myself, and as For a sure. New, and as a New Yorker, you have you have some good stuff here. So let's let's kick it off with the LMB Spumoni Gardens reference on oh, the yeah. project. Have you ever done the family style dine-in dinner there? We have. I have actually. And it's just as good as the pizza. I mean, they make really good Italian food there. And that's coming from an Italian guy who, uh, you know, Italians are just snobs. You know, they always think their mother's got better sauce than wherever they're eating. It's like, my grandma does this better. Why would I even eat yeah, yeah, this? Yeah. crap. But uh, no, really good food there, man. And their pizza is is bar none. I know they did get uh, bought out. So they got um, a they different. Changed up a little bit. Yeah, they changed up a little bit, but their pie is still remarkable. And uh, I will respect the name of LMB Spumoni as long as I live. It's funny, man, because I'm I'm not Italian, but because I'm from Staten Island, it's like I'm basically Italian. Is there everybody? Yeah, here? you're honorary Italian. Everyone here is Italian, and I've I've been to Italy. Like I I know I'm into it. I'm I'm part of it. Sure. Um, all right. So since you you said. Uh, about the Italian thing and, and Italians are snobby. I have to mention that when you spoke about the cannoli shells, you said right. you said ricotta instead of ricotta. Yeah. Which I know, I know yeah. New York New Yorkers, Italians especially, might have had a problem with that pronunciation, but I know it fit the T'Challa yeah. rhyme better. So what what do you have yeah. to say about that? <laughs> yeah, that's really what it is, man. It's like even on that same record, Ramen and Ryman, I said Hanada instead of Haneda which is the, the airport in Japan. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it just, it fit better with the rhyme scheme. So I feel like as a rapper, my G card isn't going to be checked as much when it comes <laughs> to food because I have to squeeze it into some multi-syllable rhyme schemes. But, uh, you know, I think that's just part of hip hop is like, you know, bending and manipulating and twisting words and still being able to communicate in like an interesting and fresh way. So, yeah, no, trust me, I'm, I, uh, I definitely understood that I wasn't pronunciating enunciating that right, but to fit the rhyme schemes, we, yeah. you got to bend the rules a little bit. See, but nobody nobody would know that except a New Yorker. So I was like, I have to ask him about this because as soon as I heard it, I was like, wait a minute, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. That I'm not gonna out. be rapping and be like, yo, I got a fellow. It's just not gonna happen. T'Challa, like you made you made T'Challa Italian. Um, That's right. Man, I've seen people fight over the pronunciation of of things that really aren't pronounced that way. You you know your your calamar, sure. calamad and and yeah. everything like that. All right, so That's the right. other the other one we got to talk about is is the bagels and locks. You made a you made a locks reference. So yep. how do you take how do you take yours? Mine is everything bagel with locks. Yeah, I'll do like um, that. I'll do usually a plain or uh, an everything. Or uh, sometimes they have onion. I forgot what that's called. Onion like bagel. the onion that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you got to go savory, you know. And uh, we, I, that's up at Barney, I thought I mentioned it, Barney Greengrass. 
Uh, that's yeah. like another historic spot. The niche there is incredible as well. Or no, the potato. I forgot what it's called. But um, yeah, that's like a ten for ten spot. Super expensive, but they get super fresh locks. It's yeah, so locks is expensive. You're not yeah. getting that in Atlanta now, right? Nah, I'm not getting bagels down here. But you know what? I probably don't need any bagels if I'm honest. You know, the kids gotta the kids gotta <laughs> lay off the carbs. I feel that. Yeah. All right. Another one I picked up. You snuck in an artichoke reference by saying it in Italian. Yeah, Carcio- that's right. Carciofi. Is that how you say? Carciofi. Yeah. Well, it depends on. Again, this is one of those things that's regional. You know, so like my my family say carciofi. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like what that's not even how you pronounce it you know what i'm saying but that's what they would call it so i'm uh my grandma used to make these um stuffed artichoke and she would stuff it with breadcrumbs so you peel off the artichoke and you you know you eat the leaf yeah yeah, yeah. breadcrumb comes with it and a piece of the heart from the bottom comes with it so there's a lot there's a lot of food references i'm surprised you actually caught that one yeah you know what i i was really combing through as i was preparing for this i'm i'm totally into food i i get you talk about your your ten thousand hours of dedicating time to become a master i'm like yeah. watching bon appetit i'm watching munchies i'm watching anthony bourdain i'm in the kitchen that's right cooking. i'm at, watching uh you know i'm in the kitchen cooking all the time like I, food is really like my my passion thing here so every oh, time great. i'm i'm hearing something and i'm like i know this and it's funny because thanksgiving was the first time i ever made artichoke so as wow. I was as I was combing through, and I, I was like, "All right, what is, what is he saying with the macaroni?" And I was like, "What is that?" So I looked it up, and I was like, "Artichoke." That's this right. Is something I know. I just ate it. Um, That's right. And I've made it. I've made it actually two times since Thanksgiving. So. Oh, tight. So I was I was excited. And I was like, I know nobody is gonna ask Andy anything about any of this stuff ever. So that's right. I'm gonna well, I'm actually guy. that's why I'm making a um, I'm making a video soon that's gonna explain all the food references. Oh, so nice. I think we're shooting that Tuesday to to like walk through all the spots that I mentioned in, in ramen and rhyme. Nice. Oh, I gotta I gotta get this out before then though. I gotta be yeah. <laughs> all right. Um so you have the how you say it a afori, afori mentioned. Afori. Afori. Did you get to eat there? And I did. Yep. When you were in Japan, and, and what what makes this ramen song worthy that it gets a name drop? Well, first of all, um, I ate ramen all over Japan, and so we ate at like the most interesting spots we could find. This one came highly recommended from my buddy Andrew Chen uh, mm-hmm. from Three Sixteen Clothing, and it also came highly recommended by Pharrell. This was actually like Pharrell's right. favorite spot to eat at. So. Um, those are high recommendations from the sauce gods. And we showed up and I would say it might've been like the highest quality ingredients that we've had in ramen our entire time in Japan. Oh, yeah. It felt like the chicken, uh, first of all, they did chicken in there. Um, they did a couple other really unique things that made the ingredients super fresh. It was like light and delectable and super flavorful and just it, it tasted clean i don't know any other way to put it but no, i get it i get it yeah it was it was absolutely delicious the aesthetic was incredible in there so the whole experience is just a vibe but i mean ramen you know that's the thing is like ramen doesn't need to be a sophisticated thing you can just get it from a hole in the wall a vending right. machine and it's still good in its own way so um i loved it but it also afuri and afura 
which is a you know old school yep. MC that I grew up listening to worked right in line with each other on the multi-syllable situation so it just it had to make the song yeah that, that was nice I get and I get what you're saying too because I don't know if you've been to Italy but uh-huh. the, the Italian food there and then your New York Italian it's night and day it's totally For different. sure and Way it's like different. and it's like whoa the ingredients like yeah we we picked these tomatoes the basil you know everything we picked it this morning we simmered it. We made that sauce. We threw it on there. You're eating it now. You know, that's we right. Caught, we caught that chicken this morning and it's like, whoa. And it's like they right. over there, they laugh at us over here. I, I remember doing a pizza class there and somebody asked, oh, did you ever have New York pizza? And the guy's like, get that garbage out of here. Like <laughs> he was like, that's right. Like, Yo, Staten Island has some good pizza. You know, that's Brooklyn's right. got some good pizza. And then he, uh, he was like, that's garbage. And I was like, well, I've had the ingredients out here. So I came back such a food snob. Right. So like, oh, you want to go out to eat to the Italian restaurant and I'm eating there. And I'm like, no, yeah. Not well, you know what? The cheese that we use, the sauce that we use, the um, the different wheat and flour that we yeah. use to make the, uh, everything is very processed compared to what you get there. So I was eating there. I didn't get sick once. My stomach didn't hurt. That's how they I barely eat bread. gained weight. I think That's how they walking. eat bread for every single meal. Like that's right all they and do is eat bread all day <laughs> all day bro and i didn't i really didn't gain weight i think because we were walking a lot too yeah uh, but my skin didn't break out my stomach didn't hurt as soon as i came back and i had cheese on the state side yep. i immediately got sick so yep. i know they're definitely using different ingredients i ate the best tomato of my life there uh it was a grape tomato i you know i popped in it it tasted like a grape like it was sweet sweet yeah. And I, I brought the lady, I was like, hey, did y'all put grapes on this place? And I said, tomato. And she said, um, we got that near Mount Etna in Sicily. And so what happens is the uh, the volcanic ash from that volcano yeah. is what makes the soil really rich and what allows a lot of the flavor to come into these tomatoes, where in the States, <clears throat> in the States, we'll grow things out of season and we'll, we'll genetically modify it so yep. that we can just have it all year round. So you're not supposed to be able to have strawberries all year round, but we grow them in labs so that we yep. can have them. Yep. Yep. And then when you crack open a strawberry, there's a big white strip down the middle because it's not a solid red all the way through the way it should from a real strawberry because we're modifying this stuff. And so um, I actually like that philosophy of eating is like when you eat things that are in season, and then you have to wait for another full year to get them. Yeah. Right. Um, it just, it's way, I think it's way better for our bodies. It tastes better and it gives you something to anticipate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. You, you don't know um, an experience until you buy limoncello from this random dude in the mountain with no teeth. And, hey. <laughs> and you're just like, who is this guy? And he's like, limoncello. And he doesn't say anything else but that. And I'm like, I guess I'll give him money. And then that's right. He gives you the limoncello. All the experiences you can't pay for right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just hope you survive. And also, one last thing, because of you, I tried to chop cheese because of your reference. Um, I forgot which track it was from Uncomfortable. But they don't, oh. we, don't we don't do them in Staten Island. And I, I was in Queens. Uh-huh. Queens and the Bronx. I forget where. And uh, they had like a little bodega on the side. And I walked in. It was, it was like breakfast time, too. And I was like, yo, I don't care. I was like, yo, let me get a chopped cheese. Man. I know why that's in a song now. I get it. Yeah, those are, it's one of those things like, you know, this isn't super healthy for me, but 
you gotta have it sometimes. Yeah. So let so let's actually talk about music now. Like we sure. got that. But I mean, I was excited about that stuff for real. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, all right. I feel like a lot of people maybe missed that Neverland and Happy Thoughts sort of connection. Um, and I know you've got that line in the song Lost. If I lose my happy thought, then I won't fly. So right. in this story, are you Peter Pan thinking happy thoughts, trying to figure out how to fly home to Neverland? Absolutely. And that's spot on. And one of the things I think uh, really frustrates me more than anything is like, you know, you put a lot of thought and effort and creativity into these type of things. And when they just, you know, people don't, people don't catch those references. It's like, ah, oh. you know, but um, yeah, it's like even the food thing, like that's the, on that last record, Manja and Manja, uh, uh, Ramen and Ramen. I'm like, I'm making so many cool references. I was like, oh my gosh, I nerd out about this stuff. I love it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dang, I don't know if anybody's going to know a half a sheet from LMB Spumoni's is, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, no. or, or just like, like to try the Spumoni, like the actual ice cream. You got to yeah. get the Spumoni and a half a sheet. And I'm like, oh. you know, and it, it, it's so it's, it's, it, it's, it's always satisfying to me when people find the references and they connect the dots. And that's exactly yeah. what this is. Happy thoughts was meant to be that like a, a precursor to Neverland. Yeah. It, it's funny because I didn't make that connection. And as I'm doing this out, I had that, like that light bulb moment. And I was like, Oh dang. I was like, it's right here. It's like, right. It's right in front yeah. of us. Um, and I was like, man, I wonder how many people kind of slipped on this idea. My last thing on that is, so you have sword and arrow or arrow yeah. and sword are feather and key. The last pieces to this four part thing. I know you have that poster, but yeah. it was a poster or a flyer and there's merch that has all four of those things. So do we get that feather and key at some point? I guess you'll have to wait and see. That's a yes. <laughs> no. Yeah, man. That was another kind of, I was like, wait a second. There's a sword and arrows actually on the Neverland cover too. Yeah, that's right. Not, not the same artwork. It's a little different. Right. But, uh, yep. Well, I guess we'll wait and see. All yeah. Right. So yeah, you tracking with me though. I'm, I'm, I'm real close. So, all right. Two times on this project you mentioned kids kind of like in a humorous way, like, but like next please, like no kids. But is this like, is this an actual tension for you? Because, you know, you got the career, you're married, you got the house, conventionally speaking, you know, kids would come next. Or are you so influenced by Japan and their lack of not wanting to have kids? <laughs> that is, that is like, that is in your, your mind state. Yeah. Now, nah, you know what? It was, um, it just like my career, let me say this, like, I have a very satisfying life um, amongst my friends, amongst my wife, mm -hmm. um, amongst my career. Um, I really just enjoy my life the way that it is. That's and I don't feel in any rush in any way to throw kids into that mix. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm fortunate enough to have not have any kids up to this point without me trying to have kids. You know what I'm saying? Like there was no was whoops like, uh, yeah. moments like when I was being an idiot kid in my twenties or something. You know what I mean? So, um, or my teens, honestly. So it's like, 
uh, I know there's just a huge responsibility that comes with having children, not only emotionally, but physically, mentally, um, financially. And if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something, you know, all the way. And it's really difficult for me and my wife to one, just like let go of the joy that we have right now. I don't want to create a false dichotomy that like having a kid equals yeah. not having joy. But what I'm saying is we we're just so fulfilled right now that we don't feel that heavy need to be like, we have to throw a kid into this. Yeah. Um, but I also know that like with my career and the stuff that we're trying to build as far as like uh, wealth and, you know, I still feel like I have so much more in my tank creatively. Uh, I don't want a lot of things to shift me away from that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh, if it were to happen, if we were to get pregnant and have a kid, like I'd be totally welcoming of it. You know what I'm saying? Like it would be taken care of, it'd be loved and I would love being a dad. Uh, but if I have any say in the matter, you know, I'd probably wait uh, a little bit longer. And, um, you know, we just bought a, a new house and we're moving into that uh, next year. It's getting uh, remodeled right now. And so when we move into that, I think then we'll probably start thinking about it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, yeah. No, that's dope. Yeah. I, I get it. What You're, what, 32? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm 32 also. I have, I have two kids and I understand that everything changes like right now i'm in my office but in a couple of months this is going to become my son's room so i just lose my office and that's, that's it. right there's no that's argument right. it's just what it is that's that's what it is i i don't have a room anymore um right. right now and usually i do my interviews i try to do them after nine o'clock when they go to sleep um because they're all over the place they're being angels right now which is fantastic because we can right. have this conversation but at any moment the door might kick in oh it's it's locked but you'll hear the sound of a body smacking, oh, yeah. <laughs> smacking yeah. against the door that's um, right but yeah man i i get it completely um i understand like how that stuff changes it's for that. sure on arrow and sword you very vividly described your battles with depression the lows of creativity coming off of that success from uncomfortable work in progress you saw some of that fruit that was like kind of caught in between right so yeah, rebounding from that, you've been able to create, to continue to create these amazing fan experiences, marketing rollout, engagement. There's been podcasts, holiday specials. You had the, the challenges. So how have you, and I, I know you're probably still struggling with things, but how have you been able to like spark that creativity off of that rebound and just be like, yo, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, let's go all out. Yeah. Well, anxiety, uh, anxiety and depression usually go hand in hand. I think everybody deals with those things to a certain especially, degree, especially this year, for sure. And um, different life events can trigger those things, um, different life events, and also just like unhealthy patterns in your life can trigger those things. And so I don't think anybody is, uh, is, what's it called immune to that. Um, I think there's different, there's varying levels of anxiety and depression, you know, there's like, clinical I can't get out of bed depression yeah and then there's like I'm overwhelmed with negative thoughts and it's hard to climb out of this you know that's a more mild case and and, and everywhere in between the gambit but for me I think uh I got in my head that um I was supposed to be further along than I was you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying and that becomes a really dangerous game of comparison where 
you know, you can't really enjoy what you have because you're concerned about the things that you don't have, you know, and that's why I mentioned that and always in a rush where I said, um, missing what I got for things I still ain't get, you know? And so it's like, there can be, you can have this whole meal in front of you. There's this meal to feast and enjoy and be appreciative of. And all you can do is think about how the guy across the table got a bigger chicken breast. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I want that chicken. It's like, enjoy your own meal. And I think, um, for me, it was uh, recognizing what was happening with me. It was going through a meltdown in, at the end of 2016, early 2017, that uh, got me into therapy. And I started just working through a lot of my crap. And as I worked through it, I was given these tools um, to understand myself, uh, understand my mind better, understand my circumstances better, and uh, my own history, <laughs> you know. And with that, I think I've become a much healthier person, not only for myself, but for yeah. other people, for my employers, uh, my wife, um, my art has become better. And I think, you know, it's just like anything, man. It's like, you can either become a victim of something that happens to you, or you can use it as fuel to be a part of your story, to grow from it and continue to move forward. And I think that's what I've done is just said, yeah, these things have come into my life, but I'm not going to just roll over and die and let these things consume me. I'm going to figure out how to work with them, deal with them, you know, get better from them. And I, and I think I'm just in a healthier place than I've ever been because of that. An interesting thing that comes from getting healthy is almost this contentment that like so much of a driving factor of my career at one point was like to prove that I'm valuable. And now that I've done the emotional work to realize that I am no matter what, like no one can take that from me. It's almost it's almost hard to find that tenacity again to just be like I'm gonna rip someone's head off when it yeah, comes yeah. to this rap, you know? Because I'm like, what do I gotta prove to you? What I'm gonna rip your head off? You know, like, oh, I can rap better than you. Like, don't care, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just tr now trying to just continue to have fun. You gotta think like I've been doing this a long time, so to like find things that keep me excited, and you know, it's always like I'm on this search. Um, to, to find things that make me excited. Because if I'm excited, I'm having a good time, usually the fans are as well. Um, yeah. And I never want to get to a spot where what I'm creating, I'm, I'm creating art to like pay the bills. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just creating um, as like a, like prostituting art, you know, just like making art. So that's like, we can make the money to go and do whatever. Yeah. So that's not what I got into this for, you know? Um, so I think staying humble is another piece of that. Like, I feel like I, I've achieved some things in my career that I could brag about and be like, you know, inflate myself. But it's like, one, I think that's just silly because like, what do we have that God didn't give us? You know what I'm saying? But two, it stops you from being humble and learning and trying new things and, and being wrong or, uh, you know, having like welcoming other perspectives that could make your art better or help you look at things differently. So I'm just trying to stay um, curious, I guess. You know, my taste is evolving as an artist as well. Yeah. The different music I listen to, my taste in, in food, my taste in raps, my taste in things to talk about. It's really interesting. Like I used to just want to talk about myself all the time. And like rapper tendencies, <laughs> rapper, it's a rapper, super rapper tendency. And yeah. now sometimes it's even hard to write raps. Cause I'm like, who cares? Like, does anybody really want to know this thing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like I don't even find that very interesting. It's funny now that I listen to like younger rappers and like the stuff they talk about in their songs and how they're so consumed with what they think is such a big deal in their life. And I'm just like, I'm just not interested in hearing this. Like, <laughs> but it it really is a um it really does to somebody else, it's interesting. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like uh it's like certain TV, you know, like gossipy kind of rumor yeah, yeah. kind of TV. Like, I don't care. I don't want to watch it. But it it scores really high on ratings because a lot of people want to want to watch that stuff and feed into dig it again. And I'm just like, man, I it's not for me, you know. So I have this tension in, in my crea- creativity where I'm like, I don't really want to go down some of these tried and true paths because they don't really interest me. I got to do what is inspiring and, and interesting to me. But uh you know, that comes with its own, its own path or journey, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. No. I might just sound like I'm rambling at this point. No, no, you're good, man. And what are you, you hearing me say? Well, listen, I, I've heard you say that you've matured and turned into probably the person that you're going to be for the rest of your life with that, with that perspective of, of life that certain things that may have mattered in the past in the grand scheme of things they never really did matter you've come to this conclusion before becoming a father which gives you a big leg up because for me it's like yeah all these things matter then you have kids and you're like wow nothing actually really mattered i had my daughter pick out my shirt before i sat down to talk to you that's fine <laughs> it's like it's like whatever like yeah. you have, you have come to this realization already and i think when you do eventually become a father, when you're ready, it's just like, it's, it's going to be kind of like an easier transition of the mind where I'll throw my office away. Cool. Now my son has a room. Like those things, those yeah. things will become like even easier <laughs> because like, you're already there. You're, you're like, sure. you know, I'm a husband, you know, I'm in charge of my business. This is what I'm doing. And it, it's interesting to hear people like yourself um, speak about kind of that, that self-worth when, you know, success for everybody is relative and people may look at you and be like, oh, Andy is super successful. He's one of the top guys in Christian rap. And you have like yourself and Lecrae and people like NF that are like the biggest artists, but even you guys are just like, man, like, I don't know if that's, you know, if I'm happy where I'm at. Uh, but sure. I'm glad that you were able to, you know, be able to to talk that out and go to therapy and like figure that out. And now you share your experiences and that helps other people who are listening to your music. So it, it's just like a, a cycle. It's like, I guess when, when the, the Christian rapper first starts, right? It's like, we got to get everybody saved. We got to do all this stuff. But now sure. what happens to all those, those Christians now that have been saved that you brought in? Now they're actually living life. And now you're talking about the life of a Christian um, where a lot of times those answers aren't accessible or they're not popular to talk about. So yeah, for sure. I appreciate your heart on that. And, and this evolution in your music that touches on that stuff, I think is super helpful and beneficial and very relatable um, to, to people, to people more in our age bracket. Um, It's great. Yeah. Word. Thank you, man. So you, you've sprinkled in and you were just talking about a little bit, all these loves into your music. We've had wrestling, we've had food, Japan, what hobby or passion is left untapped for you in terms of entering into your creative space? Uh, Like what things have I not 
dove into yet. Yeah, like really incorporated in your music or, you know, your rollout, your design, or whatever, if yeah. anything. Yeah, I think um, I think I'm still. I think I'm still trying to level up my music videos and like a good guy to work with for videos. It's like we have a, a couple good videos and then that person disappears out of my life. <laughs> um, and so I've been really trying to build that consistency uh, with some new guys. And so like this season, I'm working with a great director named Isaac D um, and Adele just Mustafa, who's like my creative director. Uh, we're working on video stuff too. And so that, I feel like that's always been, I've always tried to create really interesting and dope videos. And it seems like every season I've had somebody, Francis Della Torre, who was with me on, Saturday morning cartoons. And then I had like, mm -hmm. um, you know, we are films when I was in New York. And then I had, uh, who else did I have? Oh, Marcus Tortorisi. That's what I'm thinking of. Marcus Tortorisi who did the doing my dance video and dunk contest. And like, we were working together and I was like, all right, I, I think I found my guy. And then he's like, Hey, I got to go do star Wars commercials. You know, <laughs> no, I got to go shoot yeah. stuff for champion XYZ. So now, yeah. So now he's like, he's really hard to access because he just glowed up so crazy, yeah. you know? And so it feels like I'm always starting over when it comes to finding people to work with on videos. And uh, me and Isaac Dietz just put together two incredible videos for this last uh, project, Always in a Rush. We did Herman Miller. And so I just feel like um, there's still levels to go in that. And I'm trying to reach that um, place where I want to be aesthetically and visually. Um, but for the most part, man, I wish I could just scale what I do. I think I have so many ideas and just not enough hands on deck or not enough budget to do it. So I have to basically, like, I'm not like Kanye level where I could be like, yo, I have a lot of money and I have a lot of people that want to work with me so I can just outsource and execute. I have to work within a much smaller budget, smaller resources as far as when it comes to people. And that just means it takes longer. It takes more time. It takes more effort and energy. And I'm fine with that. You know, like I'm not complaining uh, because it is what it is. It's like, you can complain or you can do what the best you can with what you've got. Uh, but I, I do wish like me and Dell could duplicate our couple times over yeah. <laughs> to get more work done um, because it just always feels like a race against time you know so um yeah i yeah, think man. that's an area i want to continue to grow in um, that's right and that and that's crazy to me too just talking about how i said before success is relative like your music videos are very good like and they're well thought out i'm just thinking just even like you're you know you can't stop me or the stuff you've done with words play on magic and bird and just visually and graphically you had the the uh the hear my heart video uh, the one when Kyle Detman, Kyle Detman did uh, "You Can't Stop Me" hear my heart. Shout out to him too. I forget the the track uh, when you're on the the iPad and the and the phone, and it's just your face. Yeah, um, like yeah, that's uh, yeah, Chris Ray Talley and uh, Antonio Santos. They did that out in uh, Korea. So you have all these awesome concepts, and you want to go beyond that. It's kind of mind blowing to me, but really dope because it's like you know, you, there's no rest, no rest. It's like, I got to keep pushing. I got to get better. Um, yeah. I think, I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, no, I definitely know that there's more, you know, and I think yeah. it's just about trying to crack the code and I've been trying to, it's the same thing with finding like, for me, a producer, right? Like my whole career, I've never had 
like one consistent producer. Like I've never had my 40, you know what I'm saying? I've had a couple guys who have been there consistently in and out. Um, So it was like Alex Medina. And then at one point it was Gavi, but then Gavi is like, you know, he's in his own artist now. So he doesn't have as much time right to do stuff with other people um you know and then i'm super picky so then we got to get into arguments about taste and style and then i got beam you know what i'm saying who did a ton of my stuff but now he's an artist and he's producing for the whole world so um you know i'm just like always trying to piece together these guys and i found a really great guy and this kid named uh, taylor hill we've been working a ton and he's all over my new project and he moved to atlanta and it's like Finally, we have a space we can work out of every day. So, you know, he's a great dude. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to find a little more consistency in, in everything I do because I feel like with consistency, I could do even more. You said new project. New project as in the project that just dropped or a new project that's coming? Yeah, I have, like, the next three, like, projects planned out and, like, some music for a little bit of each of them. Okay. So... I just work on a ton of music and then I place it in little pockets. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so he, uh, Taylor Hill, that's his voice at the beginning of always in a rush. I wish there was more. Got to get you on a primo beat. Before it's all said and done, you need that primo beat. Just bring it back to I would love that for a little bit. I Uh, would love that. Speaking of New York, uh, I saw you and Lecrae at, at PlayStation Theater on the tour with uh, with Dylan RG. What was that, two years ago already, three years ago? Feels like a lifetime ago because of this year. Yeah. Um, and I know you swapped with Lecrae to be that hometown hero. And I remember you breaking down on stage. I remember it was like super emotional um, and just being blown away by that. So like, what was what was that feeling for you just playing that packed out house in New York, getting to be the headliner um, and doing these songs in front of your, your friends and family. I was actually standing like right behind your wife, uh, mm. you know, just, just in the back. And I noticed it was her. And then when you would say certain things, people would like elbow her or whatever, be like, oh, you know, talking about you yeah. references. So like, it was super dope. And I think, you know, I remember you just getting down like on the stage, on the floor, kind of like breaking down. And I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible because like that room could feel it with you. Like we're like, Andy, mm. you're here. We're proud of you. You're in New York. You did it. Um, yeah. But can you maybe like describe that, that feeling that night, if you could recall? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's like, um, I think one, my mom had just passed. Um, if I was, if I'm remembering the, the timing, right. And then two, it's just like, you know, that's what I dreamed of my whole life, man. Like as a kid growing up in Syracuse, I was like, I'm gonna move to New York city. And then I'm like, gonna pursue my rap career, you know? And like, yeah, for a chubby white kid with glasses, like that just doesn't, <laughs> in, in central New York, you know, it's just like, it's so far fetched, but it's like, at one point I was just like, yo, I'll just go to school to be a physical therapist. I'll always have like work, you know? And like, just, you start thinking to yourself, like maybe with my life, I could just take the easy way out and just, just try to find a way to make money survive. Yeah. And like, I really rolled the dice, like gambled on myself to do something that I dreamed of and like to see it pay off. Like you, you can sell out, a show in Times Square and headline it and have like a couple thousand people or whatever it was 
show up and like be chanting your name and all knowing that I did that without having to compromise who I am spiritually. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it was super emotional, man. Like, wow. Like I chose a much more difficult path, which is to like not compromise who I am, mm-hmm. like be considered a Christian rapper. You know what I'm saying? And then be in all these venues where Mac Miller and everybody else who, you know, plays like they play these venues and, yeah. And watch us do these numbers and have real fans and real lives impacted. I'm just like, it, it's um, it's unreal, man, to just think like, God, you really did this and you let me be a part of it, and like, who am I to deserve stuff like that? You know what I'm saying? So, it's humbling on so many levels, and um, I think my whole life I just wanted to be important. You know, like I just, I yeah. think through therapy I realized like. I was always trying to find a way to matter, you know? And it's funny that the way that I found, like, I feel like I mattered was by letting other people know that they matter. You know what I'm saying? You know, that like God loves them enough to, to come after them and love them and care for them. And I'm going to make music that is in that vein because I want to, you know, do something that's going to uplift people and, and, yeah. and point them in a different direction. And then just to see it, like we're in New York, Mm-hmm. places sold out people are like chanting your name and they know your lyrics and my mom had just passed and I was like I wish she was here to see this so it was just a culmination of all those things that just wiped me out that was like your world serious moment like that that grand stage right like you finally won the championship you're there it's like everybody's there celebrating with you um man it it truly was awesome like I saw that and I was like man like Andy, this was Andy's night. Like this, mm. this was it. Um, one of the best hip hop shows I've ever been to, and you know, capped off by by your performance, especially. Wow! Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. So my last question for you, and we'll go light, not not some of this heavy stuff. Let's talk about that that Tech Nine uh, posting that clip from your challenge. Did anything come out of that for you with with Tech Nine or? Yeah. So we ended up uh, DMing and gave me his number. And uh, a few weeks ago, I jumped on the phone with him for like an hour and we just like chopped it up, talked. Uh, and yeah, he's like, yo, bro, I'm down to do a song. And I was like, hey, let me get the right song for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me put something together and we'll do it. And he's like, bet, we'll shoot the video, we'll do it all. So I'm just trying to, um, there's a lot of collaborators who have said like, yo, Andy, I'm in. Yeah. And then it's just about finding the right song and, and not just doing it to do it, but like doing it right. And rapping so. fast enough to, to keep up with him. Yeah. I don't, I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try with him. You can have that, but you know, just want to make a good enough song that people are going to yeah, enjoy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. That's dope. Final question just came into my head. If you're Peter Pan, who is your Rufio? Rufio. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to pick my buddy, Ramar, Ramar Jesse, uh, because okay. he's also Filipino. He looks like him a little bit. Okay. You got to You got to do a picture on your Instagram now, like a, a side by side, just to, just to let the people know that that's your Rufio. Oh yeah. Rufio for sure. Uh, is Ramar. He's well, a good you could do kid. A track. Talented. Huh? You could do a track called Rufio and have it featuring Romar. And, and then there you go. 
You've completed yeah. your whole your whole arc of Peter Pan. Yeah, bangerang. Bangerang. There you go. All right, man. Well, that's it. I really appreciate you taking the time. This was super dope. And I uh, hope to speak to you soon. Hope to maybe see you soon somewhere close to the For New sure. York City area performing. That would be yeah. dope. Well, if you could, you know, I'm not doing any shows, but if you could make sure to plug this as like utmost importance is um, yeah, go ahead. I'm putting together my uh, my only concert for the year. It's a virtual variety show and uh, friends and family Christmas special. I got me, Lecrae, No Big Deal, Words Played, um, 1K Few, Juan Days. A lot of people are going to be there. And so uh, I put it together like a Dean Martin Christmas special. So you're getting songs, you're getting sketches, you're nice. getting guests, uh, you know. So uh, we really want to drive people to that. It's my only, uh, my only show for the year. So I'm really trying to get people in the door, What's the, the virtual date? door. What's the date? December, December 23rd. Okay. It's a virtual concert. Um, once you buy the ticket, you have 48 hours, you know, after the 23rd to watch it. So you don't have to watch it right at 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay. You can watch it whenever you want. But um yeah, tickets are on sale now, and they got all the merch bundles and the VIP bundles and all that stuff. All right, man, dope. Well, hope to see you soon. Maybe, maybe we could grab a slice or some ramen, or maybe just for sure. I'll, I'll bring you some artichoke, and you can let me know if it sucks or not. But yeah, <laughs> that's about it. When New York isn't shut down, we'll we'll hook it up. Yeah, man. All, all right, right bro. Justin. Much love, Thank man. You. Peace. Peace.